Good morning. I'm Amanda Holloway, host of Solving Water, a Xylem podcast, and I'm delighted to welcome back Randolph Waters for today's show. Randolph, today is all about you, and I'm really excited to hear your story. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited. Good, good. We sort of touched on this at the end of our last discussion, but before we get into your career trajectory and your path and journey through the water industry, I have to know why you changed your last name to Waters and if your career in the water world had anything to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a funny question to end on last time. So look, the short answer is that it had nothing to do with it. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but this was all about my mom, to be honest. And I guess it's actually quite fitting because we just celebrated Mother's Day. Yeah. Um, So shout out mom. I mean, it's a bit more of a personal story. When I was born, I took on my biological father's last name, but he just wasn't in the picture from very early on. And my mom actually raised me as a single parent and her name was always Waters. So it was always kind of an awkward thing where, you know, my last name was different than hers. I always wanted to change it. In high school, I just didn't change it. In college, I had friends, felt awkward about changing it. Only then I graduated and started working in the water sector. And then I felt very awkward about changing (laughs) it. But, you know, with the help of my wife who encouraged me to look, we're building a family. Let's build it in the name that we all cherish. So a few years back when we welcomed our daughter into the world, we decided that that was now the moment to change over to the Waters family, which was again, a bit awkward to send an email and to everyone that I know in the water sector that now my last name is Waters, but man, it was such a relief. It felt really good and just so happy to be building a family under the name that really cherishes the strength and, you know, as an homage to my mom. That's wonderful. That's a really special story. Thank you for sharing that because I know it's pretty personal. When I got the email a few years ago and I was like, there must be like (laughs) destiny at play here that he's changing his name and he's so connected to the water industry. And the responses I got when I sent that email, I mean, it was incredible. Uh, There was like some like 70 or so emails. I saved them all and I forwarded them all to my mom. Just like, you'd be so proud to see all these like really heartfelt responses. That's so nice. Yeah. Before we get into the bulk of the conversation, let's just remind our listeners what you do for Xylem currently. Yeah. So I lead our global partnerships and branding. So Xylem, a large water technology company, we're focused on a partnerships and branding perspective to be the most aware company in the water sector and the most trusted company in the water sector. And given our size, We also feel an obligation to, you know, raise awareness on a global stage of the topic we're most passionate about, which is water. And so that's what I dedicate all my time to these days is how can we bring together Xylem in a way that's simple and easy for our customers to understand and for all of our stakeholders to understand and really unify our messaging on water and then to have our really cool partnership with Manchester City Football Club, which we covered in a previous session, which is really raising awareness on water on the world's biggest stage. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So now we're going to go way back to the start and talk about how you got to where you are today. Maybe we could talk about your like higher education. We'd love to start there. I received a bachelor's and master's in civil engineering. And at least when I was in school, You had to pick an area of specialty, whether it's geological engineering or structural or water resource engineering was an option at my school. And when I was looking at all the different options, I was like, well, I love the outdoors. I love being near water. So this sounds like the perfect place for me. So I did a bachelor's and master's in water resource engineering. And if it makes sense, I can go from there in terms of career. I can talk more about that. 
Yeah, for sure. Would you mind sharing where you went to school? Uh, yeah, University of Colorado in Boulder. Ooh, Beautiful place. Yes. Wild and climbing and great school for civil engineering as well. Great people. Great. So you took on this role and then what happened then? Where did your career get started? Yeah. So I think when I was in my last two years, like doing my master's degree at Boulder, there was really two pivotal moments that I think actually shaped my career path going forward. One was I took on extracurricular work, you know, as a teaching assistant and, and learning assistant. So I really fell in love with this opportunity just to teach and develop and interact with people. I also took on a volunteer opportunity with Engineers Without Borders for a team in Peru that was working to deliver a clean water distribution system for a small community of about 150 people outside of Trujillo. So those kind of two experiences really helped me think more broadly about engineering in terms of people engagement. And also really, I'll be honest, I got bit by a bit of the travel bug. I wanted to go experience the world. I'd never traveled before going to Peru. And this idea of creating a kind of international career in water and delivering and to ensure safe water for all around the world was just something I got really excited by. And so with those two moments, after I graduated, I actually went a very different route. I didn't go into engineering consulting. I went into the world of sustainability consulting. And so I joined Accenture, which is a large management technology strategy consulting firm. There, I was really fortunate to meet a few leaders who wanted to start a water sustainability and strategy practice. So that's where I kind of got my career start, working in a more broad role in the world of water, but focused more on sustainability sustainability and strategy and not just on the kind of more hardcore engineering work. Okay. So then you get a taste of water in sort of different ways, right? Different areas. So then how does your journey progress from there? What happens after Accenture? Yeah. So there was, I think, another pivotal moment while I was there, which was I started volunteering for the International Water Association, which is the global association for the water industry. There, I helped lead the young water professionals group being founded in North America and really contributing to the industry in any way I could. And that opened up a ton of doors, including going to a conference in Lisbon, the International Water Association's big conference there where I met Al Cho, an absolute rock star in Xylem. And I was just blown away by how he was thinking and talking about water. And so it was one of those fanboy moments where right after he got done speaking, I you know, chased after him, just started to pick his brain about water and how he thinks about it. And I'd been at Accenture for about four years at that point. So I was ready for a transition. And Al and I kind of continued that conversation. And I was very fortunate to meet him that day. And then a few months later, be joining Xylem to focus fully on water, right? With a large company. I think he really sold me on it. And, you know, why don't you join our company? We're trying to do amazing things in water and you can just focus fully on the water sector. Whereas in a consulting firm, you're often getting pulled in, in different directions. Do you recall what Al was specifically speaking on? He just is so smart and articulate, and he's always so gracious with his time on solving water. So I can see how you were attracted to that. But do you remember what he specifically presented on that you were like, I have to talk to this man? Yeah. So this was some like eight years ago, but I do have like specific visual moments of it, right? I remember seeing some, of course, perfectly formatted and well displayed slides and clear thinking and the way he carries himself. 
I think at the time, really, it was an overview of kind of how he was thinking at the time of productivity, quality, resilience, how water solutions need to have a kind of broader mandate in terms of the impact they deliver beyond just, of course, important energy efficiency, total operating costs, but framing it more as like, here's how he really was thinking about the water sector at the time. Okay, cool. So then you mentioned eight years. So you went from Accenture to Xylem, but you didn't start in the partnerships role that you have today, right? What was your first role within Xylem? I was fortunate to start in the corporate strategy and business development and M&A team that we have in our Rybrook headquarters, where I learned so much. I think probably the most important aspect was just honestly spending time with Al and our other senior leaders who are just so awesome. The way they think, their kind of structured problem solving, how gracious and humble they are with their time, but also the rigor and all of the amazing things that we were trying to do in that time. So I spent two years there in corporate strategy. I was also very fortunate that Al was very supportive of my career development. And so he helped open up doors, which then led to me relocating to Schaffhausen, which is where our European headquarters is in Switzerland, um, which led me on my next journey in marketing and kind of more general management and being able to lead a team of absolute rock stars in Xylem, which then led to me now being in this partnerships and branding role for about three years. So there's a lot of important moments across that way, but I figured I'd frame up that journey overall first. Yeah, for sure. I think that makes total sense. I mean, I'm really curious about how Things like your experience in sustainability strategy in our corporate team and the like M&A, all that world, how that really has factored into how you got here and just basically your time really wanting to focus on water in general. Well, there's a lot there. <laughs> so let me, I'll try and uh, give you kind of short answers and then, you know, you can help dig in from there, let's say. Okay. So I think one aspect that first comes to mind is just the value of structured problem solving and structured linear thinking and communications. Al and and others who I was working with at the time really helped me hone that skill where water is a complex world, right? Solving water challenges has a ton of different facets to it. And working in a large company like Xylem also is very complex. And so Having those first principle skills just to take any question, no matter how complex, and to break it down into its core parts that are all kind of standalone, mutually exclusive, but when you add them all together, are collectively exhaustive, and then addressing each of those aspects in sequence, like that just kind of thinking process and speaking process really, I think, was fundamental throughout all of the roles that I've had. I think another aspect that I would highlight from a sustainability perspective is really sustainability helped me think more broadly about the value that everything that we do at Xylem, let's say. So, you know, not only is a digital solution delivering a total cost of ownership reduction or kind of the immediate impacts, but this helps to address, you know, affordability for the community. This helps produce long-term resilience against system changes. This helps to enable people development. So kind of thinking about sustainability in the most broadest sense really kind of helped me open the aperture of like how I can think about the value of a product or a solution or an initiative that we're doing. So I think that has also carried through into my thinking going forward. So those are maybe just two skills that come to mind across those kind of formative years that I would highlight. 
That's great. I had a conversation with Austin Alexander the other day as we're gearing up to release the uh, 2021 sustainability report. And we talked a lot about the definition of sustainability within Xylem and how it's not just what immediately comes to mind. It's all these other components. It's diversity, equity, inclusion, it's accessibility, affordability, productivity. Like you're saying, just so many things that I think everybody thinks sustainability, ooh, it's like energy savings. And I mean, yes, that's part of it or greenhouse gas emissions reductions. Yes. But generally speaking, I love that Xylem defines sustainability in a very specific intentional way. Your most valuable experience to date doesn't have to be with Xylem, but something that happened in your career thus far that really made an impact on how you feel about what you're going to be doing moving forward. I think the one that I would highlight is really when I first moved over to the European side of our business and having the opportunity to lead a team of absolute rockstar individuals. Because one of the things that I love about Xylem is the people that you're surrounded by that are just so passionate about water and sustainability and this work as well. And they all have amazing credentials and PhDs and they all have this kind of really unique story. And so having that opportunity to really directly lead the team and to try and think about how I can create the most enabling environment for them to be successful and for them to feel excited to bring their authentic creativity and emotions and passion into the work. And then also just empowering them that like you just focus on bringing your best and trying to achieve great things. And if you stumble, like don't worry, we'll take care of that. Of course, don't do anything unethical or against our values, but as long as, which, you know, isn't ever an issue that I've experienced, just like keep running with it and keep bringing what you're excited about. Cause if you're excited about it, others will be too. That's just been such an awesome experience that now any opportunity I have to bring more people into the work that I'm doing now, particularly with our partnership with Manchester City, I was talking with an individual who works on my team the other day and you know, trying to hit home that, look, you can't do wrong with this. You can only do great. And it's just such a safe place to be that like, just start doing and you'll at least do good. And there will be one or two things that'll just be absolutely astronomical. So that's maybe one formative experience that's at least been on my mind lately. Well, that's great. I think our people are incredible. I love working with all of them. And yes, very, very smart people who are also very generous with their time. Like I said, always gracious when they come on Solving Water. And like you said, they've got PhDs. I mean, I've spoken with Dr. Stephanie Smith and just, they're always just so helpful in terms of they're happy to answer questions, even if they're like down here for them. Um, But I think And that's also what makes our company really special is that we have just really good people to their core. So we're fortunate in that way. What about on the flip side? Not that I want to talk about anything negative necessarily, but thinking about anything you might do differently if you had to do it again or do differently moving forward as you continue on this path through the water industry. One thing that comes to mind that's been a perspective that I've changed on lately is I've always worked on these big global projects. And going into this, I had this thought that the best way for me to maximize my impact on our people, on our customers, on the water industry is to focus on these big global projects that, you know, if it can have a small impact across a big number of people and things, that would be a small percentage change on a big number can still be a big impact. So that was what I originally thought about. But I've had more experiences lately that have actually shifted my thinking to the opposite in that, okay, that is great. 
but you have to make sure that you make it real in a really sticky, important way with one person first, right? It's so hard to have a big global impact if you don't have those individual cases where you've made a strong impact with one person, one country, you know, one team, one customer. And so I think it's a fine balance that you have to thread there. But one thing that I fully flipped my perspective on is don't just focus on the big global projects, focus maybe at first and maybe at the in-between times on the individual person, the individual team, and how you just really do it right for them. And then they'll be the best champions. Then those customers will be the best champions for then others to also want to jump onto that change movement. Absolutely. Again, you know, this harkens back to my conversation with Austin about how she was saying that water is an extremely local issue, right? Exactly. And similarly, if you can work hard to make your direct environment and access to water and community access that much better, it's just going to ripple out yeah. as it were. So that makes Gosh. total sense. Maybe Austin and I have been hanging out too much these days. We talk about <laughs> nearly like every few day basis. I think I actually just emailed her right before this. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, good. It's good to know that great minds think alike, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you think that water is where it's at for you? Do you think you're going to continue to progress within this space, wherever it may take you? Or do you see yourself kind of weaving in and out and, and maybe trying some other stuff? The way that you frame the question really is so fun in the way that I think about water and why I want to stay in water is in short, because I'm still just on a daily basis enamored on how fundamental it is to everything. So as you say, like stay in this space, like my favorite fact about water is, okay, everyone wants to talk about space and rockets and Mars and such. But like when we're looking for life out there in the world, what's the first thing we look for? Water. Right. And kind of going back to the sustainability discussion that we just had and how that's broad, how broad you have to think about sustainability. Like, I just love thinking about how water is so fundamental to everything that we do. Right. Whether it's, as you mentioned, inequality, you want to address inequality, start by making sure that people have equal access to safe drinking water and safe sanitation. You want to address gender issues, start with water. You want to address energy crisis start with water. You want to address, you know, environmental protection, start with water. You want to talk about economic prosperity, start with water. Like I've always had this perspective ever since the SDGs came out, the sustainable development goals from the UN that like, look, there's only gonna be so much money to invest across all of these top priorities for the world. And if you are a rational investor, every dollar spent on water will have an uplifting effect on all of the other sustainable development goals. Whereas look, I'm all for investing in education, right? But that's not going to solve a number of the other issues. Whereas if you invest in water, you will have a positive impact on education. And so I think just the fact that water is so fundamental to so many things, and I'm still just like smiling from ear to ear when I talk about it, you know, that just really has me excited to continue in this journey in the water sector for the foreseeable future. And I think there's more exciting times to come in water. And I know that that's a unifying, optimistic view that all of us who work in this industry have in that water's most important days and greatest days are still on their horizon, which is scary, but is also exciting. You have to approach it with a level of optimism, I think, because that's the only way forward to make actual progress, right? Is positivity and looking at things as changeable and solvable versus smaller with yeah. less opportunity. So what are you working on right now at Xylem? What is kind of next in line for you? I'm not necessarily saying your role within Xylem, but in your world of partnerships and global impact, what are your thoughts there? 
Look, there's a ton of really exciting things that we're working on. We covered a little bit of it in the the previous podcast, but one thing, if I had to summarize it, is really trying to figure out, Xylem is so unique in that sustainability is at our core. Anytime we do any degree of effort whether that's selling, providing a solution, partnering with a customer to provide a solution or engaging with an industry partner to progress some thinking, like every action that we take in this company goes towards a sustainable outcome, which is really exciting. And I'm trying to think about how we do that from the marketing, branding, partnership side in that we have this kind of really cool flywheel of creating social and financial value. And I want to bring that to the biggest stages that encourage others to jump on this train, right? So the way that I talk about this from a partnership side, but it also hits on branding is let's use all of our assets and all of our budget with our partnerships in Manchester City to showcase how they're taking really bold actions on water. And then we use all of those assets to tell the stories of that and to champion that and to celebrate that which ideally encourages other big names to take bold actions on water. And then this kind of flywheel turns again, right? Where we then help that organization deliver on it. And we use the best of our community impact and marketing platform to then champion those stories to then encourage others. So I'm just trying to figure out how we keep this sustainability flywheel turning where we just continue to make water more important, more people get excited and take bold actions we help them deliver on it. And then we really celebrate them on a public stage to encourage more to take action. So that's kind of on an abstract level, kind of what I'm thinking about. Cool. I like that. Do you have a bucket list for your career? Are there a couple of things on your list? You'll be like, oh my gosh, if I could meet this person, if I could do this program or lead this thing, do you have a bucket list of sorts? Honestly, I don't. And now you make me feel like that's like the next thing on my to-do list is to try and fill it out. Do you have a bucket list? Is that a thing that people have? I mean, I think people have bucket lists of stuff they want to do in their lives, but to put it in the context of career, I mean, Hmm. I guess I would have to think about it a little bit more too. Yeah. Sorry. I don't want to flip the question on you. No, I think, (laughs) I mean, one of the things would be to to continue to um, centralize this solving water as something I do more and more primarily to what I do, that would be a bucket list thing. That would be pretty cool. But yeah, I haven't really like planned it all out yet. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe you and I need to spend some time working on our bucket list then. Yeah. I think it would be good, right? Like look from a career path perspective, I think I put a lot of thought from time to time into, you know, here's what I'd want to do, but I'll be honest, there's just a lot of luck, right? There's people luck, with meeting Al and kind of that journey. There's opportunity luck with being able to move over into Switzerland and in this role. This is kind of a funny story. So I've always, I played soccer, football my whole life. It was the sport that I've always played and connected with. I played quite competitively. My knees are suffering from that those days, but it was well worth it. And when I was actually in, in college, they announced the Brazil World Cup. The World Cup was going to be in Brazil. And I had this distinct memory of being like, that's it. I'm going to go build World Cup stadiums and focus on the water management of World Cup stadiums. I'm going to go to the World Cup and it's going to be great. And that'll be like my dream come true. And spoiler alert, that did not happen. I remember I dug up my like first cover letter that I sent to an engineering firm that like laid out this grandiose story. And I'm sure someone read it and was just like, oh man, this person's in for a reality check with their career because of luck. And in a way that I could have never seen, you know, I get to go and work with footballers on water in the coolest thing, you know, and it's just 
it's just incredible to see how that career path panned out. And there's no planning that I could have ever done to navigate into this place. But I'm pretty sure, you know, younger me would be so proud of how I made this happen. So it's kind of a interesting story, you know, in yeah. terms of bucket list, you can plan all you want. But I think leaving yourself open to the opportunities, finding volunteer opportunities, honestly, has been working with industry association and with nonprofits has been so fulfilling and has opened up many doors. So I always encourage people to do that. And then crossing your fingers for a little bit of luck. Well, I'm a firm believer that luck is more circumstance of you as a person and how you navigate life. So my sense is that you'll have lots more luck to come. <laughs> One last question. And I know I just interviewed you and asked this question last month when we talked, but you know, I think this is a very still relevant question. And I think it's going to be one that changes for people from time to time. So that is what is the most important thing you've learned in the water business so far? Maybe I'll provide a, a different take on this just because if I think about the conversation we just had where I was most excited and most kind of passionate was really talking about just how water is so fundamental to everything. And so to me, that's like, Whenever I'm talking with young individuals, I just love getting them excited about seeing the world through water, maybe is how I'd summarize it, right? Like, look around you in your room, look about your day, water is everywhere there. And so, you know, generating that excitement and that enthusiasm, and also the way we engage the world and our customers on how water, you know, view the world through water, probably one thing that if I think about the conversation we just had, that got me really excited, so... That's definitely sat with me across the career that I've had. Awesome. Well, I, I thought this was an amazing conversation. I'm so glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I think one of my favorite parts about this discussion is that it gives young people coming up in the working world something to think about as they explore career opportunities. And I think what you've done is really shine a light on how the water industry is something that we can all be part of, whatever our talents are. So a big thank you, Randolph. And then of course, to all of our listeners. Thanks, Amanda. And yeah, please work in water. It's a great place. You can do amazing things. You can work in so many different ways from engineering to marketing to policy to community engagement. So one last shout out to the listeners to come join us on this journey. For sure. If you are interested in working at Xylem, please find a link to our career page in the show notes. Let me know what you think of the show by emailing me at amanda.holloway at xylem.com or sending me a message on LinkedIn. Thanks again, Randolph. Thanks, Amanda.